You're going to want to hear this. Our next in-person mastermind is coming up and we're doing things a little differently. Tickets are available to everyone. No membership required. Picture this, a day and a half of learning, networking, and problem solving with like-minded law firm owners who are as passionate about building the best law firm possible as you are. We'll kick things off with a presentation from sales and marketing expert, Dave D. If you don't know Dave, be sure to go back to episode 605 of the Maximum Lawyer podcast to hear him share how lawyers can stand out in a crowded market. Following his keynote and Q&A are the Mastermind Hot Seats. Every attendee has the opportunity to dive deep into their business obstacles with their mastermind group and coach. There's nothing like the energy of being with other driven law firm owners who are just as committed to their success as you are. We believe that nothing beats working on your firm in person, so join us in Charlotte on July 15th and 16th. This is your chance to break through barriers, gain fresh perspectives, and accelerate your law firm's success. Visit MaxLawEvents.com for full event details and to grab your ticket today. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, your microphone sure sounds good, Tyson. Thanks, man. So does yours. I, I feel like my, my cold is clearing up too, which is, which is nice. I don't, I don't even know if I'd call it a cold. I just like something wrong with my, uh, my voice today, but, uh, I feel good. So it's good. But yeah, I, I think the audio quality is fantastic. So how you doing? How you feeling? I'm great. I'm excited about our guest today. It's our old friend, Jessica Gonifas. Jessica is with Silver Peaks Accounting Service, the Empress helping law firm owners build their kingdoms into empires. And she was a sponsor of our recent Miami Mastermind. And I just saw that you left a note for each person who attended the Mastermind. How kind of you, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah, it was great getting to meet folks and participate in a tiny part of your guys' amazing world that you've built. So I'm thankful for the opportunity. I can't wait for you to talk today. And, and I know that you're we were talking before the show that you like to be prepared and have everything ready, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll ask you some nice, insightful questions. Hopefully, that uh, will allow you to you know, sh- shed all of your wonderful knowledge that you have uh, about accounting. So, before we I, kind of wait, hold on, hold on. Jessica was on the show once before, so we've already heard. I, her I do know that. that. Okay, right? Because I remember what, the episode. I remember the episode. I was on a softball field in Iowa. I think when we recorded, I remember I was standing out in right field talking to Jessica. Right. So we. So sorry. It, sorry. Yeah. I didn't want to. No, no, you're fine. No, it's fine. But I do. Not everybody's probably heard that episode. So just give a, a a very condensed version as to who you are and what you do, and and then we'll kind of dive uh, into a little bit more of that. But I just want to make sure that people have an idea as to who you are. Great. So yeah, I'm a CPA, and our firm specializes in law firms. And we really work on the monthly accounting and bookkeeping side and also fractional CFO. So we want to help you understand your numbers, learn your numbers, and really be able to use that information to leverage your growth in the way that you want so you can have the firm and the life that you dream of. Jessica, you do work with a lot of law firms. What are some of the 
things that you see law firm owners not doing correctly when it comes to their accounting? I think it's the trust account. I know you guys have probably heard that a million times, but it's a pain. You have to be very detailed. And I think the hardest thing is we get a lot of new clients that thought their accountant was handling it or thought it was being taken care of. And I can tell you in about 30 seconds by looking at your financials, whether it's accurate or not. Um, so a lot of accounting firms will tell you, yeah, we're doing your trust accounting, but they just don't specialize in law firms. And we, uh, we recommend that you get a summary report from your accountant every month just to show that it balances. And that's going to give you a lot of peace of mind. But I would say nine out of 10, if not more of our new clients have trust account issues. All right. So I've got to, I've got to ask you this. So what are you, whenever you, you're looking that first 30 seconds, what, like, what do you see on those financial statements that you're like, okay, that's, that's an issue. Like how, like, cause like maybe by you talking about it, people can see it on theirs to see yeah. if there's an issue. So there's three things. One is your checking account balance for the trust needs to equal your client trust liability. So those two things are on your balance sheet. There are There is the option to track that separately off balance sheet, but most of our clients are already doing that on the balance sheet. That's the way I prefer to do it. But look at those two numbers. Does your checking account match that? It's usually called something like client trust liability or something along those lines. And then both of those numbers also need to match a report that comes out of your practice management system that shows you what your trust balance is in there. And that's the listing of every client and how much their trust is and the total for that. So those three things have to match. And most of the time, we just got a new client. I was working on her stuff yesterday. Her checking account matched the trust liability, which was great because usually that isn't matching. But then we pulled the report out of Clio and it's off by like 50 grand. So she's still got a trust issue because Clio says the clients have, um, making this up 150,000 in trust, but her financial statements are showing only a hundred. So those three pieces have got to match and that's got to be checked every month because we all make mistakes. Even my most meticulous clients, a mistake happens. And that's why we do that reconciliation every month. All right, so that was a pretty exciting way to start the show. So let's <laughs> let's continue let's continue the fun with what about corporate structures, Jessica? Do you do you have advice for our listeners, either for people getting ready to start their firm or who have who have started an LLC, or what's your what's your thoughts on uh, structure from a tax perspective? Yeah, I think the LLC is a given, right? Everybody does that, or a PLC, just depending on your state, which is great. Um, but as far as the tax election, I think one thing that is confusing for non-finance people is an LLC is not a tax election. That's simply your business structure. And outside of that, you have to make a separate election for how you're going to be taxed. So the default, usually when folks are starting out, is you're just a sole proprietor. You file a Schedule C and that works fine for a while, usually for a couple of years, depending on how aggressive you're growing. But at some point, you really need to look at a higher level tax structure, which usually comes in as an S corporation. And we usually suggest that 
And you have to look at your profit because at that point you have to put yourself on payroll and you have to take reasonable salary. And there's some other pieces in that make things a bit more complex when you do that as corp election. But there's also some partnerships, but it's usually best, especially as the partnerships are growing, to go ahead and do an S-Corp election and change that partnership into an S-Corp. So definitely talk to your tax person. And if you're kind of in the middle where maybe an S-Corp makes sense, but you're not really sure yet, we recommend you talk to your tax preparer every year to see when they recommend that happens. So it's really about that open line of communication with your tax preparer. All right. So I'm going to ask you, I promise some more high level conversation or questions later on, but this one, I'm asking more of a granular one. Do you have any practical tips on, on managing expenses? And what I mean by that is like managing like the receipts of those expenses. For example, you go and you fuel up the a vehicle because you're going on a trip or whatever, something like that. Like, like, are there, do you have some practical tips on dealing with things like that? Like we, we use a, a service called Divi, which actually makes it kind of easy. So we usually will snap a picture of it and it uploads it and it kind of links together and all that. Are there any other tips that you might have? I think you have to find something that works for you. So. I always recommend when it comes to the accounting, at the end of the day, you need to have that receipt somewhere, right? And it needs to be somewhere that you can easily access it if you do get audited or need that information. And so for everybody, that's going to look a little bit different. And I'm an advocate of creating the simplest system that's going to work for you. And depending on how many purchasers you have, you know, you can get more complex. And I'm not even going to talk about risk assessment and risk of fraud and that sort of thing in this discussion, because that's a whole other piece with receipts. But we have clients and I do it myself. I just snap a picture of it and email it to my assistant and she keeps them in a folder by month. So it can be as simple as that. As complex as your business is, you can make these systems and processes as complex as you want. So find what works for you. If you are a paper person, then Put a stack of them and give them to your assistant to scan and file. If you're not great about taking the pictures, for me, the pictures work because I just do it instantly. It's done and I don't have to think about it again. But that's, I guess that's my recommendation. Look at yourself as a person and what are you actually going to do, right? Are you going to follow through and what's going to help you get that done as efficiently as possible and make sure you do have the receipts? Let's talk about profit. And the difference between gross profits and net profits and how business owners, law firm owners sometimes confuse the two, get screwed up about the two or don't look at the right things. What should, what should we as law firm owners be looking at when it comes to profits? I'm always going to talk about net income. So the bottom line, right? The overall profit. I think I was just talking about this this morning. We can get so wrapped up in the revenue side and how big is your firm? Oh, my firm is $2 million a year. And the revenue is great. Of course, you don't have a business without the revenue. But at the end of the day, it's the profit that's really the leverage that you are going to have to reach your financial goals. It's on the profit side. So you can have a $3 million firm and have a very small profit margin and you are not any further ahead than the guy in the office next to you that has a law firm and has a million dollar firm, but they have a higher profit margin, right? So I've 
also run into a ca- the case where folks have grown their firm and their revenue numbers increasing, but their expenses are increasing at a rate higher than their profit. So they're working harder and they're making less money, which is not any anywhere any of us want to be. So it's that constant evaluation, what's working, what isn't working, and making changes and adjustments you need to, to make sure you're maintaining the profit that you want out of your firm. So what are, what are some of those things that people can look at? So if an attorney's, you know, looking at their firm, like what are some of the, the financial metrics that they can look at to identify really if they're, if they're in this danger zone or if they're on the right track? Is there anything like, like simple that they can look at that they can track to, to monitor things? Well, I think looking at that profit margin percentage over time is going to be very helpful for you. So I had, I had a client that came in and part of the reason he needed CFO was his firm had been growing, but he was getting less and less profit every year. So he wasn't really looking at the profit. He was just looking at what was happening in his bank account. And if you're tracking that. Are you tired of the marketing guessing game? Does your website feel more like a digital billboard than a client magnet? If you're nodding along, you're not alone. And it's time to stop the uncertainty and start getting real results. Let's talk about your marketing spend. Are you just shelling out money every month and crossing your fingers? Do you ever wonder what impact your marketing is really having on your revenue? Well, it's time to take the guesswork out of the equation with Rise Up Media. We've been working with them for over a year, and the feedback from our fellow members has been fantastic. Rise Up Media is here to take your marketing to the next level. They'll even perform a full audit of your online presence, giving you the good, the bad, and even let you in on what your competition is up to that you're missing out on. And the best part, there's no obligation, no catch, no pressure. If you decide to work with them, their contracts are month to month. That's right. No long-term commitments tying you down. So what are you waiting for? To learn more about how Rise Up Media can transform your firms, visit riseupmedia.com forward slash maxlaw and rise is spelled with a Z. Riseupmedia.com forward slash maxlaw. Over time, you know how it feels. So you know how it feels to run the firm today as compared to a year ago. And looking at that profit number over time is going to give you more of that data and that insight into exactly what's happening financially for you. So I think the profit's a big one. We talk about revenue all the time. And, um, you know, we can also get hyper-focused on expenses. I've had a client that was just obsessed about cutting expenses And what ended up happening was he was so focused on the expense side, his revenue dropped because he was spending all of his time figuring out how to save money. And his profit margin didn't get any better because he was cutting costs that he really needed to bring in more revenue. So it can really go both ways. I wonder how much of that has to do with people cutting overhead when it comes to employees, as opposed to like cutting other expenses. Are you... you you know, generally able to connect the dots to cutting employees usually decreases revenues versus increasing revenues. Do you have any any connection with that at at all? I don't really on the cutting side, but on the growth side, that's probably the number one concern that folks come with is I 
want to add an employee, but I don't know if I can afford it. And I'm not comfortable and confident in how much more money they can help me bring in in my business. So that's a lot of the confidence and counseling and understanding your numbers process that we go through and also the planning. So we develop a plan and help them feel comfortable monitoring that as they're going through the year as well. So I don't have a lot of correlation on the cutting side, but it's huge, huge, huge on the growth and adding side. Jessica, what as a business owner have you had to learn about yourself or about growing your accounting firm that might not be in that sort of traditional CPA mindset that we were talking about earlier? Oh, that's a good one. Um, a lot of things. <laughs> um, I just had a coaching call this morning with my coach where I downloaded on all of my new level, new devil issues, right? So this is, we continue to grow and we're growing rapidly and we've, you know, we have more clients, which is part of growing. And there's a lot of new things that are surfacing with my team. And, uh, you know, we're finding it takes a, different skill set to manage 40 or 50 clients than it took us to manage 20. And there's also some clients that we currently have that don't really fit in with our model of where we're at now with 40 or 50 compared to, you know, 20 or whatever that number was. So I think it's probably, oh my gosh, so many things. Mindset, I could talk about mindset for ages. And I think accountants and lawyers are have similar personalities in that, you know, we just want to get the work done and make the money. And there's not a lot of awareness to mindset. So that's probably been the number one thing that I have been a student of that has made my life as successful it is today. And I'm not just talking about money success. I'm talking about work-life balance and all of the things that I have today that I never thought were possible five years ago. So I would say a couple of things, mindset. And then the second one is you're kind of in this, if you want to grow, you're in this sort of constant improvement cycle and it can get exhausting because it's like, okay, I hit the goal. I hit the revenue goal. I hit the profit goal, but oh my gosh, we're, you know, losing this type of client now because we're not doing as good of a job at X, Y, and Z as we used to do. And so we need to readjust that or maybe this kind of, potential client that I thought was going to be a good one doesn't fit in our model anymore now as we're growing. So it's that constant evaluation of where you're at in your firm. And it can get exhausting, especially if you're a type A personality. You have to figure out how to balance all of that. And you're not going to solve all of the issues today. So there are there are three things that I hear a lot, probably more than that. I hear you see you know, TikToks, you hear people talking about it on Facebook and Instagram, like Twitter, whatever. X now, I guess. But you hear like, okay, I hear you should you should put your kids on the payroll. You should hire your spouse to be on the payroll. Um, you should buy a truck. You should wrap your vehicle. Like there's like they, I hear all these different things. How much of that is BS of what I just said, and how how much of that is oh yeah if if it's, I guess, if it's ethical and legal, you should do it. I, I guess so. So, give me your give me your thoughts on that because I hear it all the time, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. It sounds really sketchy. I think it comes down to two things. The first one, and this comes to mind when it's putting your spouse or your kids on payroll, is 
are they actually doing something? I mean, if you get audited by the IRS, they're going to ask you what your kid was actually doing for your business because you were paying them. And if you can stand in front of an IRS examiner and say, you know, my kid was stuffing envelopes, my kid was shredding documents, my kid was cleaning the office, um, my kid was actually posting things on social media, absolutely do it. Just it's, it's a no brainer. Same with your spouse. But if you're putting your two year old on payroll because they show up at a open house that you have once a year and they're cute, I, I can't personally, I couldn't sleep at night knowing that that's what I was coming forward with. The the one I hear all the time is take photographs of your kids and put them in your marketing materials is what I hear. That's I hear that all the time. So sure, but you're going to pay them as a model for one time. At what would you pay a model to be in your brochure? You're not going to pay them $500 a month just because their picture's in your brochure and you took their picture once and it took 30 minutes. You heard, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> I've never heard of this as, a, as an idea. <laughs> um, so yes. that's my no, I, piece on yeah. the kids and, you know, what can you sleep with at night? And that's always my <laughs> check with myself if I'm doing something that I should or shouldn't be. So that's kind of on the kid thing. The vehicles and stuff, my big thing, and I've done videos on this before, is if it's needed, if it's necessary, you're going to spend money on it anyway, do it. But if you don't, so we're getting towards year end and I hear this, spend your money, spend your money. My accountant told me to spend my money, but do you need to spend your money, right? Because let's say you're spending 10 grand and you're in a 20% tax bracket, you're saving $2,000 to spend 10 grand. Is that something you actually need to spend 10 grand on? Because at the end of the day, you're out $8,000. Did you need it? Does your business need it? And furthermore, the IRS says it has to be reasonable and necessary to be a business expense. So I always try to run it by that too, reasonable and necessary. Those are the two things an auditor is going to look at when they're auditing your business expenses. One of our members the other day floated the idea of sort of on a regular basis sending his like last two years of taxes to other CPAs to see what they think and whether they could save them money and all that stuff. What are your thoughts on that, Ms. Jessica? There's a lot of areas in tax law that are kind of gray, which is a little scary. And different tax professionals are more aggressive and some are more conservative. So I think it's important that you find somebody that fits in with where you're at. Now, I'm on the very conservative side, and I would that's the kind of tax person I would hire. And I have talked to other law firm owners that are like, I want someone that's aggressive. I'm fine. I'll justify it if I have to, if I get audited. But I want somebody on the aggressive side. And that is completely okay if that fits in with your personality and where you want to go. So I think it's important to find somebody that fits in with where you're at. He could do that, but he's definitely going to get a different opinion every single time he does it probably. 
I love it. That's great advice. All right, Jessica, we are getting close to time. So I am going to start to wrap things up. If, if people want to work with you, what's the best way of reaching out to you and, and, and trying to get something set up? Probably just go to the website. So silverpeakscpa.com and we have tons of places for you to submit a request or schedule a time to chat with us. So that's probably the easiest way. If you're on Facebook, you can message me. I'm on Facebook a lot, not on LinkedIn as much, but definitely Facebook is kind of my go-to. So you can always message me on Facebook or email me and the email is on the website as well. So there's tons and tons of ways, I think, to get in touch with us because we're on all the social media places. Love it. Thank you so much, Jessica. Uh, hopefully people reach out to you. I mean, I, you, you just demonstrated uh, your, a ton of knowledge already. So hopefully... Um, people reach out to you. Uh, excellent stuff. Uh, all right, let's get to our tips and hacks of the week. Before I do that, though, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. Just search Maximum Lawyer and you'll find us there. If you want a higher level conversation and the ability to meet with us at Quarterly Masterminds, go to maxlawguild.com. Uh, as Jim said, Jessica, they, they sponsored the last quarterly mastermind in Miami and it was a wonderful success. So thank you so much for that, Jessica. Uh, and so yeah, jo- join us at maxlawgill.com. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So I have been a little frustrated with the direction of the firm lately and I'm trying to get to the root of it. So I pulled out a legal pad and every day I'm writing with an ink pen for 15 minutes, just taking notes on what I, what it is that I want. And I'm about 12 days in. I, I'm getting insights every day. I still haven't gotten to the whole thing, but I've figured out a whole lot of stuff. And I think there's just that, that whole brain hand pen connection that just, there's no substitute. You can't do it on your phone in the same way. Why not a pencil? I'm so curious. Hmm, I don't know. I hate pencils. Well, you emphasized ink pen. So I was just wondering if there was a reason behind it. Oh. So I was, that that's why. Okay. Very cool. I like it. Writing stuff down. Like whenever I use my remarkable, I do, I just, I do enjoy writing. Like it's just, instead of typing something down, I definitely enjoy writing something down. There's, there's something more of a connection to it. I really do like, so good stuff. Uh, all right, Jessica, you know the routine because you've done this before. We always ask our guests to give a tip or a hack for us. So what you got for us? I think it would be keep it simple. Like we can have so many systems and processes. And I was just talking to a client the other day. He's like, I don't think I have enough key performance indicators I'm tracking. And I said, yeah, but are they giving you the information you need? Absolutely. Okay, then you have enough, right? Like I think we get bombarded with EOS and I think EOS is great and all those systems are great. But do what works for you and makes you happy and gives you the firm that you want. I think that is fantastic advice. I 100% agree with you. Uh, excellent. So my my tip of the week is a YouTube video. It is a fairly long one. It's almost three hours. But it's it's Chris Williamson interviewing Alex Hormozzi. And it is it is really, really interesting. I just in the first 10 minutes, I got some really, really good insights and valuable insights. And it's a really deep conversation and hopefully people will check it out. It, it gives me a different perspective. And I've always liked Alex Formosi, but it makes me respect him even more just hearing him talk about some of the things that he, that he does. And, um, there's definitely some burn the boats, uh, feels in there as well. Uh, so uh, I, I recommend that you check it out. I, I was really, I was just fascinated by the entire conversation. So hopefully you check it out. But Jessica, thank you so much for coming on again and sharing all of your 
awesome knowledge and for being a wonderful sponsor to the guild. And we can't wait to continue working with you because you're just, just wonderful to work with. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.